through 19. So Luke 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Father, as we turn to your word this morning, we pray that your spirit would be working among us. Open our ears and our hearts to receive your message for us, Lord. Lord, as we reflect on the blessings you give us and how we respond, we pray that you would stir up in us the many things that we are grateful for and help us be bold and confident in sharing them with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is one of those passages that there's a lot of different ways you could go. And there's a lot in the commentaries about the context. And I just wanted to go with kind of the simple one this morning, which, as Pastor Chelsea said, is gratitude. And it's really interesting when I'm writing sermons, the way that I notice things throughout the week, things that it might just be coincidence, but perhaps I kind of have an eye out for the topic that I'm working on. Um, and a couple of days ago, I saw on Facebook this post that said, what if you woke up in the morning and the only thing you had left was what you thanked God for the day before? <laughs> and it just kind of got me thinking. There is a lot that I am grateful for, but do I voice it? And that's where this passage takes us this morning, in that we see ten lepers, people who have been pushed to the fringes of society, people who, as we see here, had to keep their physical distance from people. We see that they called out because when you had leprosy, they didn't want you getting close to other people in case you spread it. So they know, they think that Jesus has an answer for them, but they can't even get close enough to really talk to him face to face. And yet they call out to him. They ask this favor they say, have mercy on us. And Jesus tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now in that day, that was how you were able 
to come back into community. Um, there, leprosy kind of covers a bunch of different skin afflictions at the time. And if you were healed of it, or if your symptoms went away, you could go to the priest and be declared clean. And then you were able to enter back into community. And so Jesus is telling them, go see the priest. You have asked, and I'm telling you this is my response. Now this in and of itself, them going, is an act of faith. Because they weren't cleaned until they were partway there. And we could say that the other nine who don't turn back were simply being obedient to what Jesus told them to do. He told them to go, so they're going. It's also possible that they were just really excited. They had been alone, isolated, away from friends and family for a Probably a while. They'd been stigmatized. They'd been avoided. And so now that they are clean, there was probably some eagerness that they felt to get that approval from the priest and to go back where they belong, to go back to community, to have that acceptance again. And I'm sure that in their hearts, They were grateful, but they didn't turn back and tell Jesus. Only one did. That one man realized the importance of expressing his gratitude and realized it was so important that the other things could wait. He was healed. He could go to the priest later. But we also see in here that he also gets immediate community because he prostrates himself at Jesus' feet. Whereas earlier he had had to keep his distance, now he is able to come right up to Jesus and express his gratitude. And I love that picture of how gratitude is kind of this fulfilling of community. Scott Jose, in his sermon starter on this passage, reflects on the way that certain languages even have this built in. He talks specifically about German and Italian and how the word for please and the word for your welcome share the same root. So you have this cycle of someone comes and asks something. They say, please. And then that cycle isn't completed until they have expressed their gratitude, and the person who gave them something is able to say, you're welcome. And when you do, you've come back linguistically to complete this circle. He also talks about how If that isn't completed, there's this kind of brokenness that happens. And I think that that's something that we can all relate to. How many of us give of ourselves or of our resources 
and never hear gratitude. We've all had it where we've been excited to help someone and we're not necessarily looking for glory or acclamation, but just an acknowledgement that we did something. Just a simple thank you. And if we don't get that, kind of feel that little unsettledness in ourselves. We feel that something's missing, especially if time after time we never get that. I know I always make a point of talking with some of the waiters or waitresses because having worked myself, I know that that can be a very thankless job. And I often get in conversations with them when they're stressed, of if I've seen the person before them is kind of a difficult customer, I like to chat with them and just let them know, like, I'm, I'm not going to try and be difficult. Because you can see in their faces the weight of people's ingratitude. And to be sure, we all make mistakes sometimes. We might do our best to serve someone and not get it right. But none of us wants to feel unappreciated. Wants to feel like the work that we bring is unvalued, unacknowledged. Community needs that cycle of gratitude. Jesus makes the point of naming that the one who came back is a foreigner. We don't know how he knows. It doesn't give us those details. And yet Jesus names it. He says, it's not the one you would expect. Because The people reading this, the people around him, had a pretty low opinion of Samaritans. And we don't know for sure, but the assumption is that the other nine were probably Jewish because he makes that distinction. So he's saying the one who was grateful is not who it should have been. Are we as Christians as grateful as we should be. There was a restaurant near the seminary that a lot of us frequented, and some of my friends got to know some of the wait staff there. And the wait staff said they actually hated Wednesday nights because they knew that's when all of the people from the seminary and the college came out, and they said that was when they got the lowest tips. So in their mind, Christians, because they knew we all came from Calvin, they all knew we came from the Christian university, were bad tippers. They were ungenerous. They were ungrateful. Is that the message that we want people to hear about us? And there's lots of other ways. It's not just through how we tip. But in our day-to-day lives, do people see us being grateful people? 
Or do they see us perhaps being grumbling, complaining, disappointed? Not to say we can't ever have bad days. But if those around you were to say the overall theme of so-and-so's life is, wow, they're a really grateful person. They know the blessings God has given them. And I see that in the way they live their life. We have the opportunity here on Sundays to share the things that we are thankful for. And I know it can be scary sometimes to speak in front of a group. But we cultivate that time because there's something really beautiful about actually voicing the things we are thankful for and celebrating those in community. And that is actually what worship is all about. That is, by definition, what worship is. Our worship team, uh, we were up here a couple weeks ago if you were here, as a new team that is starting, we spent our last meeting talking about what the definition of worship is. It might seem common sense, but it's an important foundation of what are we even doing here? Why do we gather? And the definition that we're working from is that worship is all about ascribing worth. Specifically to God. Not to build God's ego, but because God, in and of himself, and through his works, deserves our praise. We listened to a podcast from Scott Jose and Sue Roseboom and David Bast that talked about all of this. And they talked about how if it wasn't for sin, we would do this naturally. We would look at the world around us. We would look at all of the ways that God has blessed us. And we would naturally be moved to praise God, to worship God, to ascribe to him his worth, to thank God for the blessings that we receive. Unfortunately, we do live in a world tainted by sin, so we don't always see those clearly. So we have passages like this in Scripture that help us correct our vision They give us an order of how to do it. If we'd read a couple of verses before in Luke, starting, you know, at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus tells some stories and some parables that kind of get at this point of what you're created to do, about what your role is. He talks specifically about what the purpose of a servant is, and how you wouldn't expect them to do anything but what their role is. Our role is to worship God. And so Jesus here is showing that he doesn't expect anything from these ten men 
accept what they were created to do, which is to worship God. But the harsh reality is we don't always get it right. Perhaps nine out of ten times, we don't get it right. We might have that little flare of gratitude in our hearts, but are we actually thanking God? Are we fostering God's community by actually thanking our brothers and sisters in the church and out who serve us? As we go through our lives day to day, are we aware of all of the little blessings that we receive. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you only had what you thanked God for, what would you have? I read that and I was like, oh, there's a lot of things I would not have. (laughs) And I am grateful for them but I just take them for granted. These lepers were probably all grateful for the healing Jesus gave. But did they just take it for granted? Were they so focused on the next thing, so focused on the doors that the blessing opened for them, that they couldn't wait to run through it, even to pause and thank the person who made it possible for them. To say, Jesus, thank you. We asked, and you delivered. That is our call as individuals, and that is our call as the body of Christ. To be people of gratitude, not just in words, but in actions. To truly understand the deep importance of being thankful and of voicing it. Of knowing the harm that can come when we don't express it. So that is my challenge to you this week. As you go through your day, see those things for which you should express your thanks. What would happen if you were just more grateful all around? I know when I was reflecting on it, I found myself smiling to myself a lot as I was just thinking about all of the things I was grateful for It kind of brought up good memories for me. And research shows that if you are a grateful person, it can change your whole life. How are you cultivating that gratitude? How can we help one another outside of Sunday morning to be grateful people? And when we are gathered here, Are we aware that every song we sing, every prayer we pray, is more than just words? But that they're words 
that are voicing to God what is in our heart. That our heart is truly grateful for what God is and what God does. That we don't take it for granted. But that we receive those blessings. We recognize who they came from. And we are intentional about pausing to give glory to the one who gives. Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you that you are a loving and merciful God. That you call us into a community where we can grow and learn together. Lord, we thank you for all of the many blessings that we heard voiced this morning. For all of the ways that you are working in each and every one of our lives, Lord. Father God, we pray that our hearts would continue to grow to be more and more like your son Jesus. We pray that you would give us the eyes to see your blessings and tongues to speak your praise. Lord, we pray that you would help us step outside of the rush and the busyness of our daily lives to truly be grateful for the things that we have. Lord, we also pray that you might shift our focus from that which we are missing to that which we have. Help us be people of gratitude. Let that be the light that shines through this community, Lord, so that when people speak of your children, it is of a people who are grateful, a people full of thanks. So, Lord, we thank you for everything you do and for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.